Hello! This week, I'm so excited to introduce you to my ride-or-die go-to stress busters. My OG crew consisted of all of my old survival habits, featuring procrastination, perfectionism, people-pleasing, self-sabotage, you know, all of those things. All the things I've been talking about this year and will continue (laughs) for the rest of 2020. But I've also thrown out all of those survival habits. Hell no, we only have space for thriving here. If you're curious about what procrastination really is and what it's telling you, go back and listen to episodes 60 and 61 because I talk about how it's our stress relieving habit and I go more into depth on those episodes. Because today, like I said, we're talking about ride or die. So these are the ones that I'm going back to over and over again. Literally, guys, sometimes multiple times a day. Honestly, multiple times a day. But that's what they're here for, right? That's why they are my ride or die. And I'm excited to share them with you today. So let's get cracking. Hello, and welcome to the Big Kid Podcast. I'm your host, Katie C., life coach, children's yoga instructor, and mindfulness ninja. Every week, I'm here to help you navigate the craziness that is life with more courage, more kindness, and less judgment. Spoiler alert, none of us know what's going on. We're all just a bunch of big kids, and we know that life is better together. So go grab a snack and a seat as we dive on in. Your friend, me, (laughs) Katie C., used to believe that I worked well under pressure. I used to believe that I needed to have all of the answers and the best equipment in order to get things right. I talked about that on Instagram, even just with the podcast. I procrastinated for over three years just to get this started because one, I didn't know how, two, it seemed impossible because I was a one-person show and Even at that time, I was a two-person show, but it still seemed impossible, and I procrastinated about it forever and ever. I used to believe that I couldn't overcome obstacles, so it was safer to not do anything as a form to keep myself safe. I used to think that procrastination gave me a leg up and would help me avoid embarrassment or fear of judgment if I never put anything out then none of that negativity could come my way. (laughs) But now I believe in different things. I believe in me. Just recently, I asked my little sister, you've met her now. If you haven't, go listen to episode entitled Sister, Sister, where I interview my 13-year-old (laughs) youngin. But I asked her the other day, hey, love, how you doing? Her response, stressed. (laughs) I asked her why, and she didn't even know. She just kept saying that she felt stress, and she knew it because she felt it in her body. She had a tight tummy, crazy brain fog, and just all of the regular signs. I've experienced depression and anxiety ever since I was a kid. Grade 5 is when I can vividly remember it (laughs) and just experiencing it fully, but I also remember feeling those things as early as third grade. And more recently, in 2015, that's when I got hospitalized. It turned out I had diabetes and my sugars were around 
30 something, which is really high because normally like now that I'm on medication and doing better and for you as a normal human being without diabetes, we're ranging for like 6.2 to like a 7 point something kind of range, right? So yeah, what I went into the hospital with was bananas. <laughs> it took me a long time to retrain my body because all of the physical go-to signs that I would have, I would associate them normally with an anxiety attack. So like sweating, getting sick, <laughs> headaches, weakness in my body. All of these things also became signs for me of low or high blood sugar. And so I had to, again, retrain myself to notice the difference. So even now, I have to do a double take when I'm feeling any of those things and ask myself, this is anxiety or diabetes or something completely different. Tell you these things to remind you to do regular check-ins with yourself and not just your sugars, but both like with your brain and physically with your body. Like what's going on? What is abnormal for you? Are you getting curious and wondering what those things are just noticing that you feel weird and then letting it go? Because again, that was one of my go-to stress busters, avoidance, <laughs> another way of procrastinating about taking action. Don't get stuck in the spiral. So I want you to think, and again, get more curious with yourself and your body. What are they trying to tell you? What do you need? And what else could the body stress stuff be telling you? Thinking of procrastination as our brain's stress reliever, what is your body's version? My number one, when I start to feel my body shifting towards stress and my thoughts start going towards procrastination, I will call upon my mantra for the day. When I was a kid and waiting for my turn <laughs> during piano competitions, I would sit in my chair and say to myself, this is fun, this is fun, this is fun, because I wanted to remind myself that I actually enjoyed competition and it helped me focus on the fun part of it and like the part of the music that I loved and how much I loved that my outfit matched my music because that was definitely 100% something I did. <sighs> Three, two, one. Because if I was focusing on the lights, on the stage, on the audience filled with other eager kids and their even more eager parents. <laughs> Hello, welcome stress, right? I loved performing and I loved being there. And yeah, it was fun for me. So I needed to remind myself that I was there for the fun part of it. These days, I still use mantras like that. And sometimes I tell myself too, still, that this is fun. But I'll use different mantras more often. My go-to mantra is kindness drives change. Are we surprised? By now, I hope not. <laughs> but this is why this is what I am teaching. It's because it has worked for me for so long. And again, it reminds me that if I'm trying to escape an uncomfortable feeling or situation, now is the exact time that I need to show kindness, either to myself, someone else, or the world. So after I tell myself, kindness drives change, I will ask myself, who needs it in this moment? 
If I'm feeling anxious, I know that it's usually me that needs it. So I'll have to continue down that path, providing it for myself, asking myself, what do I need in this moment? And then giving that to me. If I'm feeling judgy, annoyed, resentful, I know that I need to start showing kindness to someone else in my orbit. I can show empathy and just humanness by acknowledging how they are feeling and letting them know that I am here for them, even if I disagree with them. I know that how I'm feeling towards someone else is up to me. So knowing that I want to be kind and I want to be loved, I can create that type of space because I've created it for myself. Besides that mantra, I will also go back to my trusted five that I use um, interchangeably. I also have intention cards and a book that will help me choose what I need to focus on. My routine used to be so specifically curated, and since the pandemic, again, I've just had to change things up. But one thing that hasn't changed, like I mentioned before, is choosing my mantra for the day. So based on what's going on, like if I have things scheduled or tasks that I have to crush, I'll think of the space I need to be in in order to complete those things and then pick a mantra from that space. Lately, out of the five, the one that I keep coming back to the most is my presence holds power. This used to be such an easy belief for me, but now that I'm not directly in front of groups, I can forget that it's true. Because again, even as I record this podcast (laughs) to myself, or even during live streams, I don't know if people are out there, and that is where the spiral starts. It's noticing it start and then switching that thought out for something new. That is what makes the difference. So instead of thinking, Ugh, there's only six people on my live stream, what is even the point? I will see that insecurity without letting it become me and without judging it. And I'll just say to myself, dude, your presence holds power. Sometimes I like to say it as if someone is saying it to me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my presence holds power. Like I said, it can be hard to remember that right now because again, I'm just talking into a room by myself. Included in this month's package of my newsletter, I included all of my five top go-to mantras besides kindness drives change because that's in the logo. You already (laughs) see that one. So I have four more including, um, four more other than my presence holds power. So if you still want to grab that, you can definitely still sign up on the website. So I can hear you through my headphones objecting (laughs) to this first step already because I know some of you have already tried it and you're telling me that it's still not working. So let's talk about that. You ask yourself, who needs kindness? You know it's you, but you still feel stressed. And now you're feeling annoyed because I said this would help you and it's not. But that's only the first part of the step. The next part of it is to see it and not judge it and say peace out. I want you to release any guilt or any expectations that feeling stressed is a negative thing, which I now 
which I know sounds really hard because we've always been told being stressed is not okay. You, there's so many articles and even products to help you not feel stressed. Even like what I'm giving you right now is how I try not to feel stressed. But if we don't think of it as a negative thing, that can already help us. The fact that we are sitting in, oh my God, I'm stressed. I'm not supposed to feel stressed. Again, this is where another spiral could start. So what if I told you, again, there's no negative or positive feeling out there at all. It's just how you treat those emotions and that energy going through you. I want you to see your stress. Right now, picture it. What does it look like? Close your eyes if you want. What color is it? How many eyes does your stress have? Does it breathe fire? Does your stress have matted hair, curly hair, straight hair? Does your stress have regular hands or giant hammers for hands? What does it look like? This is an activity I love to do with kids even because, again, we're able to picture it. It helps us name it. It helps us tame it. If you're picturing a human that is causing you stress right now, please just take a deep breath. We're not trying to picture a human. <laughs> Think of a stress monster, all right? See your stress. Don't judge it. Don't welcome it in. Just wave it on by. I think so many of us get hung up here because we see and feel the stress, then start to let it seep deeper into our thoughts and feelings. We think noticing it is enough, but then we get upset and even more stressed that simply seeing it doesn't make it go away. We feel guilty that it's happening at all. And like I said, that is what starts that vicious thought cycle. So if I'm stressed to the max, which puts me into procrastination mode, which makes me feel guilty because I'm not doing anything, stresses me more out. You see? You see that spiral? So just take notice. My next stress buster has really helped me learn and practice seeing it, and it's called noting. I learned more about this during my meditation practice and training. Just like I was saying with the stress inner dialogue loop, we can be really hard on ourselves because we think that we shouldn't be stressed, which causes us more stress. It was the same struggle for me when I started meditating. My mind was too busy and I just found it annoying. I didn't even want to keep meditating because I could never quiet my mind. I thought the act of meditation was exactly that, was to quiet my mind, which as an overthinker by nature seems impossible. But with noting, you become an observer and take note of distractions without judgment. So you can be sitting and meditating, and then your brain will go off on a tangent. It's like, oh, there's a thought. Thank you. Keep on going. Or, oh, I'm starting to hate this. I don't like this. Oh, there's a feeling of annoyance. I see you. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. <laughs> like I said, by noticing it, by noting it, you can name it, which helps you tame it. So instead of becoming the thought or the feeling, you show it respect by saying hello, letting it know that you see it, and then choose your own version of your stress buster. 
Headspace, the meditation app, has a great video on their YouTube channel that has more about this, and I've linked it in the show notes. Their animations are so cute, (laughs) and I found it really helpful when I was trying to learn this step. So go check it out. Another one of my go-to busters includes respecting myself by respecting my time. If you're like me and have relied on procrastination for most of your life, (laughs) you may you may see and welcome the challenge of a deadline. Maybe it motivates you to get it done. But what if you could do and feel those things minus all the stress? This is where, again, you can insert your own go-to stress buster. Ever since I was a kid, whenever we would get a project deadline for an assignment or whatever, I would always create my own deadline that was usually like two to three days before the real one. Because yes, I was a nerd. (laughs) But I knew that I worked better under pressure, but I also hated the stress (laughs) that came with doing it at the last minute. So I started making my own deadlines and following those more closely than the ones that were given to me by my teachers. I would schedule out my time in a way that would help me get it done in my condensed time frame. And honestly, this is something that I still do now, which might be freaking you out because you're like, well, Christina, how could you get it done three days before it was due? But at the same time, how can we get it done two hours before it's due? It's just what we put into it. And so I know for me that if I've scheduled it, I'm going to do it. I treat time as my number one commodity because unlike most things, you can never get more time. Like I teach people how to create more time for themselves, but we still only have 24 hours in a day. So planning and time management is something that I do to help me relieve my stress. Um, If you were around for my setup sessions of April, I showed you how I take two hours every Sunday evening, usually, to help me plan out my entire week. And upcoming in my monthly setup sessions, I'll show you how I take one day to plan a month in my business. And that includes all of my social media. (laughs) everything. I'll plan it all in one day and it will give me all of my content for a month. So when it comes time to doing the thing on my list, I know that I've planned out the time to do it. I know that I trust my plan and my vision because my presence holds power. So I'll get things done. I know that I keep promises to myself and that includes what I schedule into my day. Have you heard of Mel Robbins? She introduced me to my next stress buster. It's her five-second rule. When you're stressed and an anxiety spiral, procrastinating, anything, just count down from five and then do one thing. And I love this because it's so simple. And I've been doing this for years. I just didn't even notice. With kids, I love using countdowns because it helps our brains their brains, their child brains, but I still use this for myself, Um, time to switch to the new activity. And with that countdown, it's, again, giving us advance notice that change is coming. I also love a good countdown because nothing comes after zero, right? If you count up, that's like making a list. (laughs) But if we want to cut it down, we've got to count down, right? (sighs) Anyways, Going back to her five-second rule, you count down from five, 
and then do one task for five minutes. When you do this, you're not getting hung up on the list of things that can create overwhelm and more procrastination. <laughs> and by the time five minutes is up, usually you've created enough momentum just to keep going. I love the example Mel Robbins uses when she explains this rule. She talks about first thing in the morning when your alarm rings and it's time to get out of bed. This is the first point of procrastination for so many of us in the morning. Shit, I used to have to set more than one alarm just to get my ass out of bed. <laughs> but now I hear my alarm go off, I count down from five, and I just get out of bed. I try not to scroll or hit snooze. I just get up and do. So taking that into consideration, what time of the day do you work your best at? Plan for your biggest things then. What tasks do you always seem to put off? Put those first, right? Again, this goes with my scheduling point. Um, when you take and ask yourself these questions, it can help you really schedule your time even, even better. I said it twice, so I said even, <laughs> so you know, it's a good one. If you didn't know, I'm also starting a revolution. I'm calling it death to multitasking, tasking, tasking. <laughs> it's because this can also be another tricky form of procrastination. Like I was saying, our brains take a lot of time to switch between activities. So we're actually hindering its potential and amazingness by continuing to multitask. So don't let multitasking fool you and ask yourself instead, what deserves all of your attention? So with COVID, a lot of my morning routine has changed, which really annoyed me because I have tailored that thing for years. <laughs> and well, I guess just like life, we're having our, we're finding ourselves recap, re, I can't say it. All right, my last go-to stress buster. I teased this a little bit in last week's episode, but I like to stimulate my five senses. One of the ten techniques we teach kids is to notice five things you see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. I like to take this a step further by choosing just one and then immersing myself in it. So if I'm focusing on taste, I'll take a sip of water. I also like to practice mindful eating. And this is a great activity that you can do with your kids. Again, it's outlined in my main newsletter package. If I focus on sound, I'll put on one of my favorite playlists or songs and then just sing and dance around to it. And I don't mean like toe tapping, like full on dance moves. <laughs> my own choreographed dance moves. <laughs> If I want to focus on sight, I'll read. I'll look for someone that I admire to read advice from them. With touch, I will find my pet or my partner and I'll match my breath with theirs. Or I'll just place my hand on my chest and on my belly and then just take some deep, deep breaths. If I'm super stressed or anxious, I need pressure on my body, um, which is why weighted blankets are so awesome, right? excuse my email. <laughs> Last week, I talked about feeling my feet on the ground in my shoes. I'll curl and uncurl my toes and push my feet into the ground. If I want to focus on smell, I'll turn to my diffuser. I'll light a candle or incense. And 
those are just the things that you can do inside your house. <laughs> if I need to get grounded and relieve my stress, I'll take any of these things outside and find a different way to stimulate my five senses outdoors. So when I do any of these things, it helps me shift my brain. But when I do a mix of two or more of these things, it completely distracts me from procrastinating, from the stress and from it all. So remember, procrastination is not laziness. It's just how we've been avoiding stress for eons. But now is your chance to choose something different. I've been obsessively watching The Last Dance on Netflix. If you have to, please send me a nice Michael Jordan gift. I would love that. But it's a documentary about Michael Jordan and his career, his life. And because I'm a 90s kid, I love Michael Jordan. <laughs> and in these episodes, he talks about, not directly, but basically about how he needed to change his mindset in order to be great, in order to stay great, and in order to help those around him be great too. Mindset stuff shifts. It works. And I'm here to help you shift yours. Please know that these have been the foundation for my go-to stress busters, but there are still so much more that I do. So if you're looking for anything more specific, more guided ways to help you slide into my DMs, that's what I'm here for. Let's work together to help you find more habits to help you thrive. Talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Well, friends, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me over here with a bunch of big kids. As you travel through the world this week, remember that kindness drives change. We are all on this life journey together, and it's nice to remember that you're not alone. Go and join in on the Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Big Kid Pod. You can even go to the website to leave me a good old-fashioned voice message in the show notes. Go to kdccoaching.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter because every month I send out journaling questions and templates to take you a little bit deeper on the journey back to yourself. Sending you so much love from Canada. Talk to you soon.